Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Breaking news, gentlemen. We have breaking news. There is never a dull moment in this sport, is there? And what do you know? I am sitting here out here in Phoenix, Arizona, just enjoying what is kind of like a legendary Arizona sports night. Diamondbacks make the World Series. Phoenix Suns win the home opener against Golden State. And wouldn't you know it, Dana White announcing that John Jones is out of UFC 295's main event. He has an injured shoulder that he injured in training. That fight against Stipe Miocic is just straight off the new main event of UFC 295. Alex Pereira versus Yuri Prohaska for the light heavyweight title and the new co-main event. Sergey Pavlovich versus Tom Aspinall. Tom Aspinall, or I'm sorry, Pavlovich, the backup fighter for this initial main event. That is now the co-main event for the interim UFC heavyweight title. Gentlemen, I'm with Damon Martin, Jose Young's the night crew here at MMA Fighting. What the hell? What do you make of all this? <laughs> two events in a row, two events in a row where we lose the main event, uh, and you know, and all this kind of craziness happened. John Jones and, and uh, just to make sure we're clear, it was a torn pectoral tendon. So Dana White said eight months he'll be out, has to have surgery. So I kind of guesstimated International Fight Week next year, just kind of throwing that out there for John Jones' return. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> who like this sport? This sport never ceases to surprise you when these things happen and pop up out of nowhere. And Jones actually has a video of where he injured the show, where he injured the pec muscle, which is pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, he's injured out. Stipe, no longer a factor. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about that in a second. And now you get. Sergey, who was the, you know, probably the legitimate number one contender, really. I and mean, we're really being honest with ourselves. He was a legitimate number one contender. And then Tom Aspinall, the guy that everyone's super high on. I mean, they made a pretty good fight to, to replace it. It's not Jones Miocic, but it's pretty good. Jose, what do you think of the pieces we're left with here? And what do you make of Jones's pullout? Um, I mean, I've been pretty, what's the phrase? Uh, injuries don't really phase me in MMA because I lived through 2012 where every single fight card pretty much <laughs> fell apart. So John Jones and uh, Stipe Miocic both could have been hit by cars. I've been like, yeah, that makes sense because this is the UFC, specifically MMA. Um, it's weird that we have video, um, but I, I think... If this happens, if if last week didn't happen and we had the original main and co-main event, I feel like the reaction probably would have been more visceral because it was like a palate cleanser and then an injury. We're just like, yeah, we we went through this and we got some great fights. Um, the injury itself, um, yeah, it's weird that we have video of it. It's like what Yuri Prohaska hurt his shoulder or 
chest real bad. And now John Jones seems like he has the same injury. Um, yeah, it's just uh, disappointing all around. I was, it's, it's weird. It's, it's also a bummer that I was supposed to be the 30th anniversary. So, you know, John Jones, Stipe just felt like the perfect main event for that card. Now we have Yuri Prohaska who has what? Th- th- two, three fights in the UFC and Alex Brayer who has what? Five, six fights in the UFC headlining the 30th anniversary card of the biggest MMA promotion in the world. So naturally that's the main event we're getting, but it's still a great fight. The new co-main event between Sergey and Tom Aspel probably was going to happen at some point anyway. If John Jones didn't come back, if Stipe Miocic had indeed retired, this is probably the fight we're getting anyway. So I'm not disappointed we're getting the fight. But like I said to people last week, I was down to see Islam Alex too, and I was down to see Usman Hamza. I just wished it had happened under better circumstances with both with all the fighters healthy uh, and both fighters, all the fighters involved getting full camps to prepare for the chaos. But yeah, it's injuries don't really phase me. It's just disappointing. We don't get to see the, the greatest fighter versus the greatest heavyweight of all time. Yeah. I mean, a couple of immediate takeaways from this, right? Like this is not equivalent to what we just experienced with this last mm-hmm. pay-per-view, but it's kind of close. Like you look at the 11th, that's like two weeks away, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is kind of close to the same timeline. I, I said on a podcast earlier today that is probably going to be out in a couple hours, if not out already, the ranking show that we were on, that I would give up every single fight on the rest of the calendar for 2023 if it meant that Yuri Prohaska and Alex Pereira stayed alive just because that fight alone is the my most anticipated fight that I've ever seen. Like that's just, that is everything to me. And so the MMA gods took that very literally and they took away a very good fight. Basically hours after I said that, I'm sorry, everyone, this might be my fault. Damon, well, my other takeaway from this, and I think that's one that we're already seeing people talk about, Stipe Miocic, not really a part of this anymore. John Jones is the one that's injured. We have video of John Jones getting injured. Stipe Miocic not on the other side now of this midterm title fight, though. And I, maybe that shouldn't be surprising. It always seemed like Stipe was coming back strictly for John, that John was the carrot to get Stipe to maybe do this last fight. He's getting up there in age. It's 41 years old. John was sort of the legacy fight, the one that will bolster the resume. If Stipe goes out there and beats Tom Aspinall or Sergey Pavlovich, I don't know that that changes how we think of him, although it would be certainly impressive at his age. What are you? What's your take on it? It's still late in the night. We haven't had a chance to talk to many people yet, so we're still just sort of figuring things out. Is that your take? Is, is your read on this that if it's not John, Stipe is just not going to do it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost 2 a.m. here on in Ohio, where I'm two hours away from where Stipe lives, so I'm quite sure he's probably asleep by this point. So I haven't talked to him or his management team yet, but my guess is it's exactly that. I mean, he was coming back for Francis Ngannou or John Jones. Those were the two fights that were going to get Stipe Miocic up and interested in fighting again. Francis is gone. John was the other one. And, you know, listen, I get it. Like, in, in theory, you just jump back in there and you fight Sergey Pavlovich because he was already the backup. But let's be honest with ourselves. If Stipe fell out of this fight, do you really think John Jones would be jumping, chomping at the bit to fight Sergey? I, I don't know that John would stay in this either. John wanted Stipe as much as Stipe wanted John. So I'm not surprised it doesn't, it doesn't, it really doesn't surprise me this happened. I mean, it's a bummer it happened, of course, and I'm disappointed because that was such a great legacy fight for both of them, for the sport and for all of us. But I'm not shocked that Stipe just doesn't have interest in turning around on two weeks time to fight this young, hungry, massive knockout artist heavyweight in Sergey Pavlovich um, when he was preparing to fight arguably the greatest fighter in the history of the sport, John Jones. 
I don't blame him. I'm not surprised by that. And also, you mentioned he's 41. Like, he's not a young guy. If he's 28, you know, maybe he just turns around and fights whoever they throw at him. But this is, this is you know, the greatest UFC heavyweight at worst of all time right now. He has the most defenses. I think that's pretty clearly stated. Maybe the greatest heavyweight of all time. Uh, what is, I mean, as you said, what does he, I mean, what does he really gain a lot from maybe he pulls off, you know, maybe he beats Sergey Pavlovich. Does he really gain a lot? And, and, and maybe he goes out there and beats Sergey. Maybe he gets injured. And then the John Jones fight gets blown even worse. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I, I think the writing was on the wall when they announced the interim title fight. We think we could all kind of figure out if Jones wasn't there, Stipe is not going to be there either. Jose, what do you make of the Stipe portion of this? Is this, is this a worse fight that we're now left with because Stipe is not a part of it? Or would you say this is still like actually kind of a better fight without Stipe involved? Like if it was Stipe versus Sergey, mm. for instance, what do you think? That's a very good question. That's a very good question. Is it better without Stipe involved? Um, because I, I mean, I'll just tell you right I, now, I, my, I, yeah. my opinion. I think I think this is a better fight with Stipe. That's what involved. I'm leaning. If this was Stipe versus Sergey, I don't know that I'm as interested in it as that, I would for. Tom I would agree. I, w- I would agree because I feel like the narrative of the last few years of the heavyweight division has been, you know, DC and Stipe fought once a year for three years and that kind of held held the division up a bit. And then we got this breath of fresh air with Cyril gone. Uh, and then he got, well, first Francis, you know, he, he climbed his way back in violent fashion. And Jairus, in, in the meantime, Jairzinho was neck and neck with him. He decapitates Jairzinho in Jacksonville and then he regains the title. And it just seems like that was like a breath of fresh air into the division. Sits out almost a year. Cyril Gon rises, fights Francis, Francis wins, and then goes off to box Tyson Fury. And it's like, what's left of the heavyweight division? It just feels like the heavyweight division has been stagnant ever since Cain Velasquez, DC, like Stipe thing kind of happened several years ago. And I'm not saying Stipe versus John, like the winner is Stipe versus John. Both of them might have retired anyway. But I feel like Tom Aspinall and Sergey Pavlovich have they've arisen as like these young, unbelievable talents in the heavyweight division, especially Tom Aspinall. Like even John Jones has said, like he's one of the be- my favorite fighters to watch. And I mean, a, a Russian heavyweight with no emotion. That's essentially just a, a heavier handed Fedor versus essentially the future of the heavyweight division and Tom Aspinall in terms of high level martial arts. I think this is better in terms of legacy. It's John Jones Stipe all day, but I would agree with you. I'm not particularly interested in seeing Stipe for anyone other than John Jones, especially if, if it's Tom Aspinall and uh, Sergey Pavlovich. I'm much more interested in these legacy fights for Stipe as like you know the greatest fighters ever. Let me throw out yeah. one wrinkle though. Let me throw out one wrinkle though, because here's the one. Here's the one thing I will say. And granted, this is heavyweight, so this fight may go three minutes regardless. Mm-hmm. But at least if you do get Stipe and Sergey, you get two guys on full camps because Sergey was preparing to fight on November 11th as the backup. You know, he was getting ready just in case because we knew there was a possibility this could happen. Aspinall's coming off the couch. Like, Aspinall fought in July. He hasn't fought since then, hasn't been booked to fight since then. So we have no idea where he's at. We're back in another situation where it's Volkanovski and Usman. We're going to talk ourselves into believing that he's been training and fully prepared and ready to go. But let's not forget, last time we saw him, he was calling out Cyril Gone in France. You know, that was his next, that was expected to be his next fight sometime in 2024. So while I think it doesn't affect them as much because it's heavyweights and, you know, there's a good chance this was going to be over inside the first round anyways, 
I do wish we were getting two fully prepared guys because I think people forget November 11th is right around the corner. We are two weeks away from that date. So Sergey has gotten basically a full camp in. Tom Aspinall is going to have two weeks to get ready for a monster in Sergey Pavlovich. So again, I agree it's better on paper, and I think this is probably going to be the fight that would have happened next year because I believe that the winner of Stipe and Jones was going to retire, and I think the loser of Stipe and Jones was going to retire. This was probably yeah. going to be like the heavyweight title fight. I thought maybe like UFC 300, they would crown a new heavyweight champion with this fight. We're just getting it earlier than expected uh, for an interim title that will become, weirdly, the new heavyweight title after Jones and Miocic fight at International Fight Week next year. Like, it's a weird weird circumstance but i think that's how it's all going to play out i don't think we can plan more than a week at this point because a month ago (laughs) literally literally one month ago one month ago we were talking about john jones stipe and jelton almeida versus curtis blades coming up in november neither of which are happening so let's let's get through the next two weeks before we even talk about international fight week 2024 these divisions man these divisions are such messes at this point. Middleweight, no one has any idea what's going on at middleweight. The rankings don't make any sense. Sean Strickland has completely upended the whole entire thing. Hamzat Shmaev is out here potentially getting a title shot. off beating a welterweight with no actual meaningful middleweight wins. Light heavyweight has been cursed for like two years now. Like it's just absurd the the level that, that light heavyweight has has just reached in terms of unluck and unlucky circumstances and bad luck happening and like whatever the worst case is it tends to happen we just saw it this past week with johnny walker and now heavyweight man like i think they're damon you laid out a really interesting <laughs> i guess just statement scenario however you want to frame it of when john jones and stipe do fight next year this fight will that we're about to get will just essentially like become the champion after both those guys retire i wonder man do you like this is ostensibly for the interim title but do you actually think that the winner of this fight will fight John Jones for the actual heavyweight title in their next fight? Or do you think the UFC will just go back to Stipe? Because ultimately we were doing the Stipe fight because John wanted it, right? Like John called for Stipe. That was the name John wanted. Stipe wanted John. And so it just kind of worked out. That's not going to change eight months from now. Like say Sergey Pavlovich goes out there and knocks out Tom Aspinall in 20 seconds. John Jones is not going to call for Sergey Pavlovich when he's healthy. Same with Tom Aspinall. He's not calling for Tom Aspinall when he's healthy. Where, where, how do you think this affects the next steps in this heavyweight division? Because now, who who even knows? Well, I mean, I think I think it's just, you know, like I said, I think we were getting Jones and Stipe because Jones wanted Stipe and Stipe wanted Jones. They are both at a point in their careers where these are, we keep saying it, legacy fights that are kind of the end of your career, marquee moments, accolades that you can't get otherwise um and no offense whatsoever to sergey pavlovich or tom aspinall they just don't have the name or the resume to command a john jones or a stipe miocic right now they are in 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 a in a perfect world yes like just you just fight the next number one contender but jones lives on a different stratosphere and stipe to a certain extent does because at 41 you know, I would like there was a point where I just convinced Stipe was done. Like he just wasn't going to retire. He was just going to become a firefighter and never fight again. Obviously, now he came back for the Jones fight. 
I mean, I just, I, I know Stipe well enough to know that I don't see him just being like, oh yeah, give me Aspinall, man. I can't wait to fight that guy. Or give me Pavlovich, man. This is exactly what I get up for. He doesn't, he's coming back for Jones the same way he would have came back for the Nganu trilogy. So yeah, they're going to, they're going to wait. And, and again, what Jose said earlier, when you rebook Jones Miocic, if it happens, as you said, let's not plan too far ahead. Uh, it's still a massive fight. Like it's still a huge fight. Like whether there's a title online, no title online, heavyweight, whatever it is, still a massive fight between two massive names. So you're not really losing anything with that. And the heavyweight division, in a weird way, in a very weird way, moves forward because we're getting the two guys we all assumed would end up fighting for the title. Anyways, I do wonder one thing. I want to throw this out real quick. I know they, they the UFC doesn't like to ruin one card to save another, but would Pavlovich versus Jelton Almeida been a better fight? Because Jelton's actually getting ready for a five round heavyweight fight. Like, well, I know you ruined I Sao mean, Paulo. I know you ruined Sao Paulo, but I'm just saying, like, wouldn't Jelton and uh, and Pavlovich been a better? Not to say Aspinall doesn't deserve it. He does. I'm just saying, like, in terms of readiness, wouldn't that have been a better option? Well, I mean, Damon, you are talking to some of the biggest. Jailton Almeida fans on the planet when you're talking to, about to MMA fighting. Uh, me and AK and a couple other on this website would go to bat for that. But I, I think objectively, like Jailton's just not there yet. Like he, like Tom Aspinall has, if not the win that would sort of get him into this conversation, like he's definitely much more in it than Jailton. I think Jailton needs what's about to happen next week in Sao Paulo to sort of part, propel him, right? Because he hasn't even headlined in a situation like that. Like Tom Aspinall has been that guy. Yeah, I'm just throwing it out there as an option because readiness more than anything. Not even deserve it as much as like he's ready to go. Jose, I see you shaking your head. What's up? Oh, I just don't think that fight would have. Because like I just said, the heavyweight division has been so stagnant. Why kill off? Because I don't think Jailton is uh, uh, is heavyweight material. I just don't. I think Sergey and Tom actually are heavyweight material. So like Sergey goes out there. Hey, Sergey Pavlovich versus Jailton Almeida is the co-main event for the 30th anniversary. Just doesn't do it. Just doesn't sell. Uh, Jailton Almeida is actually a, he's growing in Brazil. Cause I spoke with some Brazilian media out there and I was like, outside of Charles, who, who is any sort of superstar in Brazil? And they're like, Jailton could be, and Alex Pereira is on his way. I don't think you pull Jailton Almeida from uh, his first headliner in his home country to fight a Russian that probably beats him. I think Tom Aspinall right now probably beats Jailton Almeida too. Just like Sean said, he's not quite there yet. He's not quite there yet. Jose, I am curious for your thoughts on Mm -hmm. what I asked Damon. Do you think, what are the chances of the winner of this fight, this new fight that we have, Aspinall Pavlovich, what are the chances the winner of this fights, Sean Jones for the heavyweight title in the next fight? Uh, less than 50, I would say less. I think that, I think there's a chance cause money talks, but I, I think there's less than 50. I think John was, John called out Stipe. Like, let's not like John wanted this fight just as bad as Stipe wanted this fight. I don't think John Jones is coming back to fight Tom Aspolish. He's definitely not coming back to fight Sergey Pavlovich. I think this could be a situation where if John's out for a while, the interim title just, you know, keeps being defended slash gets elevated to the, the undisputed heavyweight title. And like, honestly, John Jones, Stipe, do you even need a belt? I mean, it's, it's nice and shiny and seems neat, but like, I don't think you need a belt for John Stipe uh, to cement their legacy, especially if they were both going to retire anyway, it was going to be vacant anyway. So yeah, less than 50%, but money talks. Here's my prediction. Back in 2017, we had a very similar circumstance where Michael Bisping was the UFC middleweight mm-hmm. champion and he was off doing his own thing. 
fighting George St. Pierre in a fight that had no actual meaning for the 185 pound division. Cause all of the best 85ers were sort of on the side here. Yoel Romero, Luke Rockhold, Robert Whitaker, all those guys, they were on the side. Well, what they ended up doing is they did an interim title fight in the midst of all this between Yoel Romero and Robert Whitaker. Amazing fight, fight, fight of the night. One of the best fights of the year, Robert Whitaker wins. And then he supposedly was supposed to fight the winner of Bisping versus GSP. And we all knew even in the moment, those dudes aren't going to fight Robert Whitaker. There's no point for those guys to fight Robert Whitaker. Nothing's going to happen. And what who do you know? Robert Whitaker didn't fight either of those guys. And he just sort of became promoted to undisputed champion at some point after Bisbing and GSP both more or less retired. That's how I think this is going to play out. I think the UFC is going to do what it's going to do with this, with this fight. And then John Jones is going to come back. He's going to want Steve Miocic still. That's the only fight Steve Bay is going to want. They're going to book that fight. And then ostensibly in the lead up to that fight, they're gonna be like, all right, the winner of this will fight the interim champion. And then both guys will retire. And then the winner of this Madison Square Garden fight will just sort of become the champion at some point next year. What do you guys think? 100%. 100%. It's, it, they'll, they'll promote it, like you said. They'll promote it. The winner of this gets Sergey Pavlovich or Tom Aspinall. They'll promote it like that. And then right after whoever wins, John Jones says, I've done everything I want to do in my career. I'm laying it down. I'm retiring. Or Stipe you know, somehow beats John Jones, becomes the one person to actually beat John Jones. Do you really say, man, I just beat the greatest fighter in the history of the sport. Let me come back and fight Sergey Pavlovich. That makes a lot of sense for me. Uh, no, they're both one of them's going to retire. One or both are going to retire. And then, yeah, they're just whoever's the champ's going to become the champ. Like they'll promote it, but there's no, there. I would like, yes, money talks. I think there's a better chance of John to fight Sergey or Tom. If there's any chance. Stipe is zero. I'd say it's 0% chance. He comes back and fights Jones. Because if that was going to happen, Stipe would have fought right now. If Stipe was going to fight Pavlovich or Aspinall, he would have done it right now. Not eight months from now or six months from now or whatever. Like, he's ready to go. He went through a full training camp. If he's not going to do it now, he's not going to do it a year from now. Like, let's be real about that. It's also interesting in the fact that I think this could have repercussions for a couple cards down the line. Because the UFC always does go to London or the UK in March, you would assume someone like Tom Aspinall, who wasn't scheduled to fight in a heavyweight title fight anytime soon, probably would have been on the shortlist to head like that. And I was, I had long been saying that if Stipe did beat John Jones, I bet they would have done the rematch at UFC 300 at UFC heavyweight title, the two greatest fighters of all time in UFC 300. I know everyone's saying Connor, but John Jones, Stipe is also right there. Now that obviously can happen. So you'd have to wonder uh, what happens in the, you know, January needed a main event. January still needs a main event. December 2nd still needs a main event. And that's like, what, a month and a half away? USC's got to do a lot of scramble the next few months to get some some main events under the belt. We've seen it, though, man. I mean, this, this sure. last pay-per-view was an example. This even is a good example. They, they when, when shit happens, they can make decent fights on a fly, man. Like, this is about as good as you could ask for for a replacement. Mm-hmm. Last two things on this, and then we'll get out of here. Um, despite everything I just said about laying out that scenario, the Robert Whitaker S scenario, I am holding out uh, uh, the optimistic side of me, the little side over here on this, this part of my brain is holding out hope that potentially this may mean something cool for John Jones and what he does at heavyweight down the line. Because I think I am not alone here in not really caring about this Stipe Miocic fight in a grander scheme, right? Like John right. Jones going to heavyweight has been such a big deal for such a long time. 
that if this was how it played out to me, I felt like this was going to be disappointing. That John Jones, after all these years, comes here, trucks a guy in Cyril Gunn, who's who's perfectly fine, but someone who has absolutely no wrestling, and then goes in there and fights a 41-year-old Stipe, Stipe Miocic, who hasn't fought in like two years, beats Stipe, and then just leaves the game being like, hey, I did it. I did the heavyweight thing. I beat the guy. I beat the guy. And then just walks out with all the nuance of that left behind of like, oh, we didn't actually get to see him test himself against the best heavyweights in the world. Then that time, the optimistic side of me hopes that this means that maybe just maybe John will get a chance to not even get a chance, but that John will almost be put in a position where he kind of has to fight a meaningful heavyweight that poses a challenge to him, whether that's a Tom Aspinall or a Sergey Pavlovich or something like that. I, I doubt it will happen because, again, I already put out the scenario of the Whitaker thing. I think that's how it goes. But there is always another side to it. And just in case that side happens, that would be pretty cool because I just the Steep A fight didn't do much for me. I mean, remember, John, if John, you know, John beat, if John beat Steep A, you know, that's one title defense. I mean, he's only got to get two more to tie the all time record. But I don't think even John needs that. That's the thing. Like, John doesn't need that. Like, he's so high up on everyone's all time list. Like, I don't like, will we, will our opinion change John that much? If he just go out and if he goes on trucks, steep a, and doesn't fight anybody else. Like, are we going to lose respect for John? Like John coming back at heavyweight, it was just bad timing because if he fought in Ganu and then fought Stipe, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good, you know, one, two punch at heavyweight. Right. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Francis left and the heavyweight division right now, like you actually do have some great young talent guys like Sergey and Tom, they just don't have the name value of what guys were a few years ago when guys like Verdum and Dos Santos and guys like that were still around. So it's a weird time where there's good young for the first time in forever. There's good young heavyweights. They just don't have the name value or the, or the, brand name so to speak where they can command a john jones where it means something to john jones you know and so i think that's the difficulty we're going to run into here where stipe was kind of the last man standing in terms of legacy fights at heavyweight uh with francis gone the heavyweight division needs someone like hamzat that just is a psycho and just is so captivating tom is too nice of a guy sergey pavlovich is basically white bread two incredibly talented martial artists, but they're not drawing the eyeballs like Dana White said, or as Damon Martin said. Yeah. Well, let's get out of here with this because this is what we're left with. This is now the, the main card for the pay-per-view in two weeks. UFC 295. Matt Vervola versus Benoit Saint-Denis, Mackenzie Dern versus Jessica Andrade, Diego Lopez versus Pat Sabatini, Pavlovich versus Aspinall, Prashka versus Pereira. How do you rate that card out of 10, fellas? Seven. I'll say, man, that's tough. Uh, you know, I'll say, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with Jose seven based solely on the main and co-main. The undercard is I mean, bad. The undercard are... is bad. <laughs> Matt for Volo versus Ben was. I don't, I wouldn't say, chaos. I it's, wouldn't say it's bad because I had to watch UFC 294 at night <laughs> over in Abu Dhabi. Y'all got to watch it in the morning. That UFC 294, that was bad. UFC 289, that was bad. This is better than both of those cards. Like two eight bad is 289, like Mike Malott in the co-main event of a pay-per-view and Amanda Nunes, Irene Aldani in the main event. That's bad. Getting, you know, Matt Favola and Benoit Saint Denis as the as the opener of the pay-per-view, that's, that's scrap. Fun. Matt that's Snell has fun. never has literally never been in a bad fight in his entire life. Uh it's a good, it's not the best prelim. It's a fine prelim. We've had worse pay-per-view prelims this year. 
Still, whole card is seven out of ten. Yeah, I'll go, go with that. I go with I, Mark Matson throwing down in the prelims. I still got to go eight, just for the like eight, just for the main event. It could literally be a one fight card with that mm-hmm. main event, and I'm just I'm still paying the money. Sure. I, I, Hold on, I gotta, it's everything to me. It's are we not are we not picking Pavlovich or Aspinall? Are we not going to see who we're picking? Come on, real quick, we got to pick who we got to see who's going to win. Hit me. Where are you leaning? I got Sergey. I am a Sergey Pavlovich believer. Don't get me wrong. Aspinall's a monster. If he gets it on the ground, it could go bad in a hurry. But dude, Sergey hits like a truck. And we saw when he stuffed uh, when he stuffed Curtis Blades takedowns. He's, and Curtis has obviously much better wrestling than Tom Aspinall or pretty much anyone else at heavyweight not named John Jones or Stephen Miocic. Uh, I think Sergey knocks him out, and I think it's just I think a part of, again part of it. I'm basing that on Tom having two weeks to get ready for a big Russian monster in Sergey Pavlovich because I have no idea what Tom's been doing right now. Fair. That's fair. Where are you leaning, Jose? In a full camp, I would probably pick Tom Aspinall. I also just think Sergey Pavlovich has... I've had... I'm big into, like, I one of fighter answers questions and then the next fight they answer more questions and the next fight they answer more questions i feel like sergey has fought a different style of fighter like his last five fights and he's been doing the same thing to all of them where tom asimov has you know volkov is very good gatekeeper he's like the neo magni of the heavyweight division and then marching to was just kind of the last man he had to fight marching to coming back that's why i was so disappointed that he got hurt against curtis blades if he had done what he did to everyone else against Curtis Blades, I would have been 100% on the Tom Aspinall train. It's the big reason why I'm not on the jail and I'm made a train because I've seen him do three moves in the octagon. Does them very well, but he's never done it against a wrestler. Um, that's why I'm excited. I was very excited for that Curtis Blades fight. Now we're going to see jail and I'm made to do a front kick, blast double leg takedown against the fence into a choke. Rinse and repeat. Would have loved to see him do that against Curtis Blades. Yeah, I think I'll make it unanimous. I'm also leaning Serving Gay Pavlich. I need to crunch a bunch of tape now. I was mm-hmm. not a matchup I was really expecting or thinking about. But ultimately, Damon, I think I do side with you just on the preparation side. I don't know what what Tom's been doing. And Sergey's a tough guy to come in there and fight tough, on basically bro. two and a half weeks notice. Maybe heavyweight's the equalizer, right? Like this is not Kamar Usman coming in, having to be ready for 25 minutes against a demon wrestler like Hamza Shemaev, like heavyweight things are going to go pretty quick in this fight. Both these dudes are first round finishers. Like I, if this gets into the second round, I'll be stunned. So maybe that affects how, how much preparation they actually need a guy like Tom Daspinall. But I don't know right now. Eileen Sergey, I've reserved the right to change my pick in a couple weeks though. Let's uh, let's not forget Pavlovich was the backup of UFC 285 as well. So he's essentially been in camp all year <laughs> Two as a backup. And now, well, obviously now he's fighting, but backup mopped up Curtis blades, scheduled backup now he's fighting for the title so that dude has basically been on for the better part of 12 months what do you know being a backup fighter finally pays off Mateus mm-hmm. Gamera out there watching this happen just being like what the hell why <laughs> didn't I, I, wa- I get this treatment I watched UFC 294 right like Mar- Gamera was about three inches away from me and he just wasn't the happiest guy in the room I'll tell you that well he's he's not the happiest guy in the room right now either <laughs> nope nope I'll tell you who is Tom Aspinall, Sergey Pavlovich. All of a sudden, they are in a giant fight. We have this coming up in a couple weeks. Very short time frame. But man, never stops being crazy in this sport. You can't go to sleep without some breaking news just hitting you like a ton of bricks. I love it so much. Don't love this one, but still, heck of a Mm -hmm. fight we've made out of it. 
Uh, I am Sean O'Shotty. That man is Damon Martin. That is Jose Young's. This has been an emergency reaction podcast. The latest breaking news. Keep it locked to MMA fighting. For all your combat sports needs, we've got Ngannou Fury this week. MMA Hour on Wednesday. Lots of good stuff. We love you guys. Take care.